We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It sure seems like Vivica A. Fox has been a star forever. I bet she's been your friend in your head like forever. I mean, she's been part of so many epic things. She left Indiana for Hollywood and landed on Days of Our Lives in the late 80s. In the late 90s, she was in Independence Day with Will Smith and set it off with Jada Pinkett Smith and Queen Latifah and Kim Elise. In 03, she did Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill, which I think is his best film, and she rocks one of the best scenes in it, the fight scene that starts everything. And she did Celebrity Apprentice, which she called one of the most racially charged sets she's ever been on. And she did Curb Your Enthusiasm. And she's on Empire. And oh yeah, she dated 50 Cent. Almost married him. He had a ring and everything, and she would have said yes, but, well, you'll see. Today, I talk about acting and our late fathers and her ill-fated romance with 50 and her regrets about never having children. It's Vivica A. Fox on Torre Show. Torre Show is all about finding the building blocks of the success of people we admire and hearing what tactics help big folks make it. Maybe you can grab something from Vivica's toolbox to use on your rise. She's got a new book coming out called Every Day I'm Hustling, which is her memoir and her blueprint for success. I read it in a day, and I loved it, and we sat down and built on that. She came to the studio, and somehow we started by talking about the making of her audiobook, which quickly flowed into something much deeper. 267 pages. That took a week. Oh, it took you a week? Mm. Yeah. But not bad, like 10 to 4 every day with like half an hour lunch. But A yeah. week of six-hour days? Mm, Six-hour, oh. yeah. But it's 267 pages, and, you know, and I was a stickler. And then there were some mm. parts in there that, of course, were emotional for yeah. me because, like, my father, my yeah. father just passed and when that kind of thing in July. Oh, yeah, but he's not so... last month. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry How was your you. dad? Yeah, he was 86. Mine was 81. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not yeah. suffering. No more suffering. No more and suffering. And for my dad, no. I like feel like he's so at peace, so. Yeah. yeah. No, my dad had dementia, and he was... Mine's, um, my dad, too. And, and he was 
trending downward for about、mm. two years. Yeah, ours was too, and his wife didn't let us know, so not、oh. that it was that bad. But we kind of felt something was going on. So,、oh, yeah,、Jesus. yeah, and it's hard to see someone so strong, you know. It is, but you know, when you get to that end of dementia, and、mm. you're like. He's not there anymore,、yeah. and you have kind of let him go. You have go, to let it go, yeah. Right, like yes, you have to not be selfish. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because、yeah. that's what what it is. I think later in life, with with when people get older or when they're about when they're gone, that you have to not be selfish and hold on. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're gone. Yeah, like that person that raised you, that nurtured you, yeah, is gone. Yes,、so. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So I had peace with it, and and I really feel the spirit is happy. I really do. I really do. Yeah, like he's always around me. You know. No, I know. I know. That's his sweater、See? over there. So、yeah. I'm like still there? like holding on、uh-huh. to it. But yeah, no, it doesn't leave the mind easily. Nope.、Um, and it shouldn't. Yeah. Or just like little moments, you'll you'll feel their spirit there. I will see him in the distance, like some man crossing the street who has his color or a cap in the way he wore. And I'm like, and I and I like my eyes like see him, and I'm like,、wow. I know that's not him. He doesn't even live in New York, but like, you know, and you blink and it's like, no, it's not him. It's, wow. You know, but like, right? Do you have that?、Or、I haven't had、you? as far seeing, but just moments.、Mm. You know, I can just feel the spirit, or I'll be doing something, and a picture of us will pop up on my phone.、Mm. You know, or something that he says, or something we did together.、Mm. You know, yeah. It was. It was. And I'll be like, "Hey, Dad."、Mm, it was interesting to me in the in the wake obituary process. I learned a bunch about him. Really? Like, did you learn about your dad? Yes, I did. The- When we did his, yeah, yeah, I had no idea how he was a so big of a basketball star. I mean, I knew he played basketball and he loved it. Yeah. But I didn't know that like he took their team to the state championship.、Oh. Yeah, seeing、oh. pictures of him playing basketball. You're、uh, tall. Was he like a center? Was he tall? Yes, he was tall. Yeah, I think、mm. he was a forward.、Mm. Yeah, yeah, he was like six four, six three, six four. Yeah. What do you love about acting? Gosh, what do I love about acting?、Mm. Everything. Yeah. I really love what I do. I love taking、um, a script, taking words on a page, and making them、um, like a living person that you believe it.、Um, I'll never forget. A friend of mine said, "You're a liar," and I said, "He said actors are liar." Liars. I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "You make me believe something that's not real." I said, "No, I'm doing my job."、Mm. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to make the create the story, make it come to life, let you see it, and lose yourself in it, and not see Vivica, but the character. And a lot of times in the book, you make reference to listening to your scene partner and、yes. you knowing your scene partner's lines. And the the list, the word listening comes up a lot. Yeah. So you spend a lot of time as an actor listening. Talk about that and the value of that. To be honest with you, I really learned about. Those are called moments.、Um, I was educated on that by Jada Pinkett Smith,、mm. <laughs> who,、uh, when we were doing "Set It Off," I had a difficult time in one scene. I was supposed to get emotional and cry, and she goes, "Viv, just take your moment."、Right. And when she said that, it was like a light bulb went off. She says, "You know, what? it doesn't have to happen quickly." Because I started off in soap operas, and in soap operas, it gotta happen quickly. You better hit that mark. Shed a tear, do a hair toss, and <laughs> keep it moving.、Um, but with movies, it's like you know they can always cut things, right? You know, and so she said, learn to take your moments. And from that moment, the light bulb went off for me. And now in scenes, it's like just because something is written, like Chick White Fools Fall in Love, Halle Berry and I had a scene eating, and there wasn't any dialogue, 
and people got exactly what we were saying to each other mm. because we were reacting off of each other's moments. You know, when she sat down, she was being a little stuffy bitch about the food. And I was like, this, yeah, I've been in jail. This food good to me. <laughs> oh, don't you trip it all. She was just capturing this good. Matter of fact, I'm going to sop it up and, and, and enjoy my soda. And there was all this stuff that was going on without dialogue. So that's why you have to learn to, as an actress, to react off of what isn't actually on the page and create moments. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. yeah. So, we, give me. I mean, you have been around. I mean, this book. You know, you have been around folks been from Tom Cruise to Richard Roundtree. You have worked with Tarantino and Larry David. Yes. Set it off as a classic. I mean, just the number of things that you've been involved in that were classic, from Set It Off to Empire to Kill Bill to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Independence Day. I mean, like, I forgot how much, you know, she's been with Will Smith. She's been working with this one. I mean, so many. So what is at the core of being a great actor? Wow. Having quality projects to do. Yeah. That's that's as an actor where you can shine the most. I mean, you know, you can only do so much with a script that's not good, you know. And, but and you, that's, you get a great script. Oh, yeah. And I, you, you, Vivica, know how to make it shine. Yes. What is that? I actually learned that, believe it or not, from F. Gary Gray when we were doing Set It Off. Because daily, um, the, that's, the original script, was it needed a lot of fine-tuning. Let's put it that way. And having the power uh, with the director and being at a certain stage in your life to say, no, we're going to kind of redo this, that the studio trusts you. Um, that's how you take a script and make it good. You know, but having, you have to be a having the power. Yeah, I, I, listen, I've, I've, I've rewritten a whole bunch of scripts that I should have gotten credit for. But as long as it's good, I, I don't really care about the credit. I, I, I get more, I get more fulfilled with the audience saying how good it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to tell them how you decorated the house as long <laughs> as the house looks fabulous, honey. <laughs> you talk about. You've got to be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And that is so important to so many people have a negative voice inside them mm. or a naysayer voice inside them. And you seem like somebody who, you know, you kicked that voice out. It took time. And and you you are inside. You're saying, you can do it, girl. You can do it, girl. Yeah. That took time. Um, I used to really focus on what I did wrong instead of what I did right until, like, I got a little bit. That's only happened in the last couple of years, to be very honest with you. I mean, I, I definitely talk about it, but I used to so, like, something would come on and I'd look for everything I, that I did wrong. Like, oh, you missed that cue. Oh, look right there. You could have did this. Or look at your clothes. Or look at the makeup. Instead of just, like, it's done. You can't go back and do it. Yeah. You can learn from it. But learn to celebrate it instead of beating yourself up. Be your cheerleader and say, good job. Now, next time, if we get something similar to that, you learn and you go forward. Don't beat yourself up because then you won't be able to grow, you know? Your self-belief runs quite deep because you talk about that first big step in your career. You're doing the soap operas and the agent is like, you can't get on a Will Smith movie. You're just a soap (laughs) actress. But you believed and you went to the audition full of belief in yourself. In that tight white patent leather jumpsuit that was so wrong. And you nailed it. (laughs) Thank God I did. And you nailed it. So where does that... And you say, you know, I could have settled for, you know, a nice low level of working actor, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be the star. Yes. What is it in you that made you say, 
I believe in myself, and I will be the star. I think that came from, like, my upbringing with my dad. My dad always, um, like, took us to sporting events, to events, was always my biggest cheerleader, to be honest with you, when I decided to move to California. He, like, helped drive my car out here. He used to call and wake me up at 6, 6.30 in the morning. And he was just my best friend when I was going through the changes and challenges and triumphs and tragedies in my career. Like, my dad was always like, that's okay. All right, next time, let's attack intelligently. Mm. I got that from him. You know, attack intelligently. Him and Uma Thurman were, like, the biggest motivators that I've had in in my journey of becoming Vivica Fox and Vivica Fox the woman. Mm. So I think that's why, like, with my dad, I miss him so much because I could always talk to him about a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. But then I got my sister and, like, roles changed. Roles changed. They did. What's the difference between being a good actor and a great actor? Ooh. A good actor is um, someone that's probably in a supporting actor to me. Your great actor is the leading role, and the great actor is the person that can definitely greenlight a project. And when I say greenlight a project, that means get financing, get it done, get distribution. Um, so it takes a name and kind of like a great actor that has a, good, a great track record to make those things happen. Great actors win Oscars. Great actors win SAG Awards. And I'm so glad for all of my African-American actors getting a chance to shine now. You talk about getting into character and you, mm-hmm. you take it very seriously, that moment of getting into character. What is that? How do you get into character? I'm not a person beyond now getting into character. Some, there's some actors that, they, you know, they just carry 24-7. I can't do that. I know when to shut off. Getting into character is when you get alone, get by yourself, look in the mirror, know where you're at and what you need to bring and deliver. And so getting into character is just absorbing that whole, the nuances, the talk, the hair toss, the look, the mannerisms. Is there... Is there a phrase or a mannerism or a thing you use to help you transform into this other woman? Well, no, there's not a phrase. I mean, the only phrase that I use is if I get nervous, I use grace. Or before I go out on stage and if I'm doing a live performance, like, you know, stage production, I just say, grace, give me grace. That means that I have the grace to show up and deliver, calm these nerves just be on my side. Give me grace. That's my word. Grace. Mm, mm. So I'm a huge Tarantino fan. <laughs> I absolutely love Kill Bill. What do you love about Tarantino? Can you, I ask you that real oh quick? Oh, my God. I mean, I love the breadth of imagination, the mm. breadth of pop cultural references, the way the scripts – Seem to, I mean, Pulp Fiction, what's going to happen next? Yeah. You don't know. You know, Kill Bill brings in Western, yes. Japanese, uh, you know, uh, other sorts of uh-huh. cinema, anime comes yeah. into it. There's fantastic dialogue. Mm-hmm. I love the violence. Yes, I was going to say, come on, get to the blood you and the know, violence. I, I love the, <laughs> I, I mean, I think when uh, when uh, Lucy Liu cuts off uh, uh, no, her head. When the, Thurman cuts off top of her head. 
No, no, me, no, Ian, no, no. When we first meet Lucy Liu oh, and she's oh, doing yes. the council <laughs> and she cuts off the guy's head and then pauses and then the blood starts to yes, splurge a lot and of then blood. she's holding up his head and I'm like, oh, I love this. And I was like a black Carrie in my scene. I was getting so mad at my makeup artist. I was like, if you spray some more of that, because it feels like cherry juice on you mm. because it's sticky oh. and it's made out of like a syrup. So, but they just, he's, she was like, because she did, went to do it one time, and this is a biblical moment. And she's like, Quentin told me to do it. Quentin <laughs> told me know, to do it. Know, yeah. he, he also understands that black culture is part of American culture, yeah. and it is part of his legacy that he can use as a filmmaker. So yeah. he's going to pull in somebody he saw in Two Can Play That Game, and he's going to let people say the N-word, yes. and he's going to use um, you know, all sorts of different things. I mean, even just, I, I don't know if this is your invention or his, but like, First, you call your daughter Nikki, but her name is Nakia, mm. and I'm like, you know, like just it's. Oh, I didn't think about that. It's it's all. Well, it's Nikki all, is her nickname, and Nakia is her real. name. Nakia is her real name. Yeah, yeah, when I need her attention, that's like when N- your mama. Nakia, right? I'm really talking to yeah, you, yeah, right? It, it, you know, I mean, like another filmmaker might have just just the name just Nikki. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and just just. Django is so no good. Oh my god! Like all of them. I mean, Samuel Jackson, Leonardo. Django is the destruction of the colonized mind. Mm. I mean, like this is a deep black conversation Mm. about defeating white supremacy in your mind. It's not just a slave trying to get his body free, but his mind Mm. and spirit are free, right? And it matters to the plot because when we come to the end, and he's telling them, "No, no, I'm a bounty hunter like you," and everything in his body says that. And the other guys are sitting there in a cage that's open and they won't get, get out, out. Ooh, because they that. have the colonized mind and they believe him. So they give him a gun mm. and then he is able to get himself free. And then he kills Massa and Sam Jackson and we're doing the touchdown dance and he rolls off in the future with the girl. <laughs> Come on. Winning. Come on. Winning. I mean, these yes. are the, these he, are... he does all of those wonderful things. Perfectly. Yes. Yes, I know. He has, let me tell you something. When we were doing Kill Bill, we, it, it was six months of training that was very intense. Before you got to set. Yes, before what did you, we got what'd to you set. What did you do? Taekwondo. We learned Taekwondo. We had kicks. We had wires. We had swords. Uh, we went to Beijing and, 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 and trained there five hours a day. When we first started, it was eight hours a day, five days a week. I went from like a size 810 down to a two. Like wow. when we, Oh, yeah. I couldn't hold on to the weight. That's all we were doing was working out. And they control what we ate. And So there's no stunt actors in this. When you do I this, had one you had just one. for the crash into the table. Into the glass. And trust me, I wanted to do that. But they were like, oh, no, Vivica. And Too the, much. And she got cut. She got like four stitches. Not bad. But she, he was like, see? But, but just I beside that to. one moment, yeah. there's no stunt. You are doing Everything. all that stuff. Yeah. Did wow. you read the, the where I had 30 bruises? I did. The last You're day counting the yeah. bruises after the. I was proud of them, though. So take, but take me, because that scene is extraordinary. Yes. You know, I mean, Thank just, you. just. Uh, two moms <laughs> fighting it out. The brawl in Pasadena. I, right. No, yeah. I mean, take, take, take me through that because it, it's such a great, it's an all-out fight. Yes, it was. The movie starts with a roar with mm-hmm. these two women trying to tear each other apart. They're both expert fighters. Mm-hmm. But the mom code precludes. Mm-hmm. So when her daughter shows up, we know we both stop. Yeah. And your face when Nakia is walking up, and you're like, "Don't do it! Please don't, don't, please, do, don't, it. don't do it!" Yeah, yeah there's yes. so much. Be- mm-hmm. What is, what is being said by your face in that moment? What are you thinking? Uh, at to- right now, mom to mom, mom to mom. 
Oh. Here comes my baby. Please. Like, this is between me and you. Yes. Do, don't do this. Yes. Not with her. Yes. I'll give you whatever you need, and we can. I know you're mad, and I know we did you wrong, but here comes my baby. And then the line reading, when Nakia is asking you, what, what happened here? <laughs> that little dog of yours just got in here and just tore up the place. This baby <laughs> as a wolf sitting there dripping with blood, and, and the house is tore up. <laughs> it took us four days to film that scene. Okay. Yeah, and each day we destroyed a different part of the house. Okay. Yeah. So th- that was interesting. It went from the front room by the by the fireplace, then the den into the kitchen, then back into the other thing, and then right back. So it kind of went in a square. Right. And we started, we ended up right back, and then we went back into the kitchen. Right. But the main reason why I wanted to take her to the kitchen, because I knew where my weapon was. Right. You, Vernita, knew I'm going to shoot her with mm-hmm. the gun that I keep in the cereal box of Kaboom. Uh-huh. Why does she keep a cereal? Why does she keep a gun in she the still child's still is an assassin. Ser- mm. She still is an assassin. Mm. And if anybody tries to come, and especially if she's, you know, in the kitchen feeding her child, mm. boom. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. Mm. And then I told her, and then don't forget, too, that when I pulled up the, the uh, Opened up the appliance, the what is it, the drawer, the drawer uh-huh. utensils. Yeah, you know, I could have got her with the knife then too. But yeah. then it was funny that my character was really good with the knife, and then she killed me with the knife. Right, right. Wasn't that trippy? Well, I mean, the whole conversation there of like, how are you the black mom? Right, and, and you know he didn't qualify that shit. Like, come on now, I was should've the dopest. Right. Yes, right. I should have been. I right. was definitely like, how did Vernita Green not become, become the black, black mamba? mamba? Hello, <laughs> but you, and it's funny when we were filming. The scene, and it just, every day it just kept getting better and better and better. And I said, now, Quentin, you know folks are going to say, why you got to kill the black person first? He says, of course. That's why I picked you, because they're going to be mad that I killed Vivica Fox first. <laughs> I mean, I took it as a joke on, like, cinematic history that, like, the black person dies yeah, first. first. So, right. yeah. she, was, she was a badass, oh. though, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, she, she went was, out. Yeah. Fight. I mean, your, your physicality. In that whole scene, and especially sort of the second wave when you escape the living room mm-hmm. and you grab the knife, you go to the kitchen, you grab the knife, mm-hmm. and you are windmilling mm-hmm. and going after her. Yeah, those moves were vicious. And you know, did you know I had a special booty light? What What does that mean? Uh, like because I had did booty call and uh-huh. Quentin, he's like, and we worked so hard for that butt to be tight and right that uh-huh. he always. If you, you see me when I go in the kitchen and when I kick her through the door, there's a light on my butt. <laughs> and then when we're coming through back into the front room from the other and, and before Nakia comes, if you look right there, there's a booty light. So there was a joke. They were like, wait, wait, hold up. We got to get the booty light right. Got to get the booty. You ain't going to be a booty call and, you, and your butt don't look good. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tightly choreographed dance. Yes. Right? I mean, both of you know where you're going to go and what you're going to do, right? We, we do our best to. Yeah. We missed a couple of times. But overall, you know. Like, there was a couple of times she missed, a couple of times, and a couple of times I was supposed to, when we went into the room and she kicked the table, I was supposed to roll, and I, I didn't close my legs, and that table had a huge, that was the biggest bruise of all of them. On your thigh? But, yeah. But oh. I, I got up and I kicked the table. I was mad at the table. I was like, you were supposed to not go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> your, um, your energy, when the two of you are in the kitchen talking about the knife fight. Mm-hmm. And Uma is standing up straight, but you are really leaning in Intense. and really uh, articulating, and we have a knife fight. Yes. No one will bother us. Yes. And there's such 
it, you you seem like a black. like a bullet. Like yeah. like I'm gonna kill you, bitch. Yeah. But we're not gonna do this here, right? Because right. my I knew my daughter was coming right. soon too. So it's like all those dynamics was cool. But I love how she was like cool, like a cucumber, like leaning there, and then she or she was on the other side of the thing. Yeah. First she was no, she le- ended up leaning, yeah. and then boom, she set herself up to kill me. But how she did this. The, mm, that that would really make good. you square. Yeah. Mm. But that's a callback to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Like that was like, when she did that, I even went, I was kind of like a fan for a moment. Like, I'm doing a scene with Uma Thurman. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. when you are doing a Quentin Tarantino movie mm-hmm. and you know, this is a big thing for me. I mean, are you going like, wow, are you like, this is, this is, I need to really bring my A-plus game because this oh, is a huge absolutely. moment for me. Oh, absolutely. But it was like at that time in my career where I was kind of going from like, I had like five hot movies like right in a row from like Independence Day, Set It Off, wait a minute, in Soul Food, Set It Off, like Booty Call, Two Can Play That Game, Kill Bill, like, I mean, like it was like, they was massive there for a while. So that was a really awesome run. And then you just have to figure out like you, you, you'll, you'll stay there, and then it's like that transition that I discuss in the book for people. You're not going to always stay the hot ingenue chick, and you, if you go to those other chapters gracefully and find other things to do, in the meantime, as far as branding, becoming a producer. Like I watched like other people go into different chapters, and I would always ask, not be afraid to ask them questions. Like, you're directing now? How did that happen? And he was like, well, Vivica, I couldn't play a high school basketball guy forever. And I was like, noted. Because I think that that's the biggest problem in our business or in a lot of people's business is that they don't realize how long you can do one job and then to be able to go to the next part of it and still do what you love. Well, this is a this is what this chapter of your career is about. Yes. The roles are not coming like they used to. Mm-hmm. I'll be a producer. Mm-hmm. So I, versatility mm-hmm. is the key to longevity. longevity. Hey, I read, you read the book. Of course I read the book. You better go, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you knew how to shift, how to roll with the punches. Yeah. If you're not giving it to me, I will create the job. Yes. And that's really smart. Yeah, you have to. You know, because – tell you something hollywood is a business that most of the time women after they start going to their 40 their 40s yeah it's a wrap for them yeah. yeah but it's like now you're seeing the baby boomers looking better than ever taking care of themselves that's because you've got these group of girls that paid attention mm. that knew to start their own production companies to go to producers that it doesn't always have to be about them but that their production company can still do great movies and do great things and then they can create the movies that Hollywood may not have ever seen them doing. Right, right. You've done so many great things. I cannot talk about all of them, but I want to talk about some of them. I want to talk about Set It Off, Mm -hmm. which is a classic. And as you described in the book, it seems that it became a classic partly because the four of you were able to create a very real relationship with each other and a respect for each other. And because you had that crew love, then you were able to do that. But then you also had this great leader in yeah. F. Gary Gray yes. who was like, we're going to be on time. Mm-hmm. We're making a classic. Mm-hmm. Like, you better show up with your A game. Mm-hmm. At all times. So why did Set It Off become this great classic that means so much more to us than just another bank heist movie. I know. I, hats off to F. Gary Gray, to be very honest with you. Like, he was a, he, I think he was younger than all of us. <laughs> that was a crazy part. And 
But he was like serious. And I think that passion, it came from the top. So then it trickled down to everybody. Like, be on time, don't play, know your lines, come with your A game. He's like, he says, I don't want people going to this movie thinking it's four girls robbing banks. It's going to be a comedy. We're going to laugh at them. We, people left out of there in tears. I mean, it's become a classic. It was heavy, but I'm going to tell you. And, and Latifah was doing her album, doing an album, living single. And I mean, she was like doing like three jobs and doing that. I remember Latifah would be like in the makeup chair sleep. And, not, and it was a good thing because Cleo didn't really wear a lot of makeup anyway. Sure. But, you know, just getting her basics done. But she was just out of it. And she would, okay, y'all, what are we doing? Like, we were all there, so there for each other. It really was a team effort for Set It Off. We all wanted it to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we delivered. That's extraordinary. I'm gonna but do- I, I, if we had known if it was going to be such a classic, I don't think he would have killed us all. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? We would have set it off again. <laughs> right, right. But in a way, right. it's a classic. We got to do two, three, and four. That part. You're funny. Um, I want to jump around a little bit because just of some of the things that you've done that I love. I am a huge fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Really? And it is amazing to me that you guys come up with this out of improv because there are moments that seem messy, good messy, Mm -hmm. but overall, these scripts end up with a really nice structure. Mm -hmm. Larry will say something in the first scene he will insult somebody in the first scene, and then in the final scene, that will come back again. Ties and it, it's back. Like, it ties it back. Yeah. And I'm like, this is all improv. Um, I mean, it's guided improv, but guided talk about improv. how you do that, how you create a guided improv show. Like, how, how does that happen? Well, first of all, I'm going to say having on big girl boots. And when I say that, because they will surely let you know what you've come up with, whether it works or whether it doesn't work, like, quickly. So... Um, it's having a great ensemble like J.B. Smooth was awesome to Mm. work with Larry David himself was awesome it was like working with the best of the best and they've got a method to that madness from Cheryl uh, to the the whole cast Susie Jeff yes Jeff yeah so they've they've got a method to that madness so it was just kind of like being observant Going in your room, if something didn't work, not taking it personal, you did know? They, did, is that just your note to yourself or is that yes. said amongst each other like? No, that was a note to self because there were some things that I wrote that I could have swore was funny. And it was like, and it didn't work. It didn't work. And you so got to just. instead of you, take your feelings, yeah, go back to the drawing board. And that's being an artist. Yes. Somebody says no, the producer, the editor says mm-hmm. no, and just, all right, we'll try something else. Yes. And not get your feelings hurt. No, you can't. And I think that that's like. The difference of also something that makes a, a great actor is to be able to bend. Mm. You know, you, you, some actors, sometimes they get so stuck in their own ways and so stuck on their own moments, trying to, like, they've worked it out in their mind and not knowing what may the director wants. Like, you you got to be able to bend like the wind as an actor, you know what I mean? And flow with things. And uh, to me, that's awesome. A lot that of people. Kind of, yeah. And that's what works for Curb. That yeah. you gotta, you know, you gotta stick and move with, with them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Of- we live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't wanna do the dishes or you feel a little sick, 
Let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. People will never forget the moment that you stood up to Susie Essman. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you love Curb, you love her. You She'd do come love in her. And just break Larry down. He and needs it. You couldn't do it. I mean, she seemed like the strongest woman imaginable. Yeah. And here comes you. Who I had to give it to her. And you give it. And your energy there is powerful. Close the door in her face like, oh, my, oh my God. God. I mean, talk about that moment and how that came up. Well, that was actually two takes, to be very honest with you. I nailed it on the second one. The, sec- the first one, I was way too nice. And he was like, what'd really? You, what'd you do in the first one? I think I just didn't want to go ass off on her out of respect. Mm. And he was like, and I was like, oh, I can cuss, cuss? Yeah, I think. So then here comes the F-bombs and all that started coming in. I, I put all the sisterhood in it. You did. <laughs> you really did. You right. really did. And it's a, it's a, it's and a, that was another side of it because I don't really get to do too yeah. much. But it's a, it was a lovely clash. Yeah. Um, she had it coming. She had it coming. You know, I loved you on that show. Oh, thank you. I loved JB on that show. Mm-hmm. 
I loved Curbed, if you allow me to be honest. Mm -hmm. I loved it more before he and Cheryl broke up because Larry is such a jerk, a lovable (laughs) jerk. Having Cheryl by his side in life told uh-huh. me, well, he can't be that horrible if this lovely woman is sticking with him. Yeah. And when she leaves him, I'm now I'm like, oh, well, now he just seems like a degenerate loser and like nobody cares. And I have no way. Where is my entry to having sympathy for him? You know what I mean? <laughs> I gotcha. I don't know. What do you th- what do you think about any well, of that? I, I think the best thing that, that he did to re-energize Kirby enthusiasm was when he added the blacks. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Oh, no. You know, and um, I loved it because he, like, I don't want any Vivica Fox. So it's like I kind of got to play Angie Fox, mm. who I am from 38th and Emerson. It was like hair back, no makeup, raw, kind of in your face, you know. Like, he would make sure that every day when I came. You talk about Angie in the book. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between Angie and Vivica? Yeah. Angie is, like, deep down, like, who I really am. I mean, uh, when I'm not working and I'm not Vivica, like, Vivica is the persona, the actress, you and know? Vivica is your real name. And Vivica is my real name. You took on Angie because folks at home couldn't pronounce Vivica. So yes. it's not like you shipped it up when you got to Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. You, you took on your real name. But is Angie tougher than Vivica? Is Angie what? Yeah, I would say she's a lot more down to earth and street than what people will give me credit for. I think like when people really meet me and talk to me, like Vivica is like red carpet strong roles playing, you know, a little kind of cold. Like, when people meet me, the first thing that they see is, and we hang out for a little bit, like, wow, you're funny. Wow, you're down to earth. And I was like, well, what were you expecting? I was like, I don't know. We just thought you were going to be, like, bougie. So hmm. I think that that's why the bougie then works for me on Empire, playing yes. Candace, the yes. older bougie sister. Like, that's who people think I am, and I'm so far away from that. You know, I'm like, you know, a jock at heart, to be honest with you, a tomboy I, at heart. I always felt you came off as approachable and sister girl and, you yeah. know. Well, that's because we've talked to each other in Indeed, yeah, in, 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 But before even, before the, then? I, I came up, to, I went up to you at a party in L.A. once when I didn't know you. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know if you remember this. I, it was Tell a me. gorgeous house. And I was like, so at the beginning of your scene in Kill Bill, you open the door expecting Sarah to come. Uh-huh. And your daughter's name is Nakia. Uh-huh. So, and Sarah never comes. So right. who is the Sarah you were waiting for? And you told me, well, I think you said you thought it was the babysitter, but it's not in the script. At all. No, I came up with that. Yeah. And, and Quentin loved it, too, because I said, because I had to have some motivation. Why was I coming to the door? Because you were expecting the babysitter. Because I, I was expecting the babysitter or a friend or somebody, lady, ladies at lunch, you know, type of deal. Or maybe, yeah, or the babysitter. Yeah, because then the baby was coming home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just figured that out. No, but I knew said, you but said I knew, the babysitter yeah, when, okay. I, when, when I when I But I knew it was something that when we did the scene that I had to make it up for myself to have the motivation to come to the door for her. But I mean just I never thought this is not someone I can approach. No oh, good. I can go Thank talk you. to her. She's cool. She's Vivica. She's, you know, yeah, she's down. She's, she's one of us. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, you know, I've been in a room with certain people, you know, mm. Nicole Kidman, no shots. It's like, you don't just walk up to Nicole Kidman and just start, you know, hey, you know, what's happening? Small right. talking. Yeah. You know, you better have happen. something to say. Yeah. You know, but you is just like, that's my girl. I can no just good. talk to her, whatever. Um, 
that's what I try to be, the all-around homegirl who, mo- who may go very far, but I'll never leave you. And that is the vibe that I get yeah. in this, all-around homegirl yeah. who is your friend. And, you know, some of this is how to navigate Hollywood, but some of the book is about wear Spanx or, <laughs> you know, watch football and have people come over for tacos and mimosas and just have a good time yeah. in life. And then, and- like, for girls, like, to tell them, like, hey, that sometimes if you want to make things happen with a guy, like, Honey, you make it happen, yeah. you know, like telling them how to, if you want to go meet a guy that's in certain things, like girls think Mitch Prince Charming is just going to come like floating in the door. Like you've got to kind of like create moments and opportunities to happen. Like I tell the girls, hey, if you like a certain type of guy, what do guys do in that field? They go golfing. You don't have to be, you know, just like go to the places where they're at. Or if you see somebody you're interested in, send them a drink, you know. You would send a guy a drink? Oh, sure. If I was interested, absolutely. Okay, but now, I might send him a bottle. I would. All right, now, well, all right, I was going to wait till later to get into this. <laughs> but you spend a bunch of time in the book talking about your relationship with Fifty Cent. Yes. Um, and why did that not work out? Oh gosh, that that didn't work out just because we just did everything wrong. To be very honest with you, if I knew. Then what I know now, like we shouldn't have went public. We should have kept things private. We were just like so in love, ready to just shout at the moon, like, oh, my gosh. You know, like I was the dream girl that he wanted. Like, you know, we just should have kept that private and I should have guarded it a lot more. And yeah, it seems seems partly as you describe it, that you um, fall victim to something that many successful, ambitious women fall into, Mm -hmm. that they meet a guy who seems lovely and he seems to want the woman to be successful and ambitious. And then when she actually is that, he's threatened. Happens a lot. Happens a lot. I wonder why. (laughs) No, really, I do. Because you know what? Sometimes I've seen it like when you see like powerful girls and they'll get with guys and then it doesn't last and I was like he couldn't handle her shine right and so that meant he wasn't the one so keep it moving and don't get hung up on it you know I think for me well I know for me the main reason why I hung on to the love for such a long time was because it haunted me that I messed up with the proposal thing you know the whole Monaco thing he's he's you guys are going to Monte Carlo yeah Monte at the same time together you're going with him but then Prince Albert asks you to host the event and unbeknownst to you he's brought a ring with him and he's going to propose to you and is that that like yeah so that haunted me for such a long time so i think that's what i held on trying to make up for that moment would you have said yes oh of course now is it you is think it i was gonna pass on those 12 carats <laughs> <laughs> but is it not the universe saving you because better mm. to know that the fit is not right before you jump the broom yeah but when you really love somebody I think I, I would have did my best to try to make it work. I think I have that instinct in me from my mother. Mm. You know, um, that's Evelina that I have. That like my mom, like I love hard. You know, mm. yeah. I read something yesterday that said, "Cool is a prison, mm. right?" Like, and when you're constantly thinking about, I got to be cool. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that you can't do, yeah. and maybe you want to be silly, maybe you want to be soft, mm. but you can't. You got to be cool, and and I feel it too. I've done it. Right? Yeah. And it definitely seems like 50 in this situation is dealing with that in that he's telling you in these moments like, I love you. I want to be fun and silly and whatever with you. Mm-hmm. But my boys are that voice that's like, that's not cool. That's not cool. It and happens. he's he's trying to listen to that. Yeah, he's right? torn he's... without a doubt. And then also like 
living out his dream. He was becoming a huge star at the time, yeah. you know? And so I knew that I was a distraction for them. So I think, like I said, why I held on to it for so long? Because I was always haunted by what if. Mm. Yeah. i never forget that moment when yeah. he said, I want to thank Vivica Fox for wearing, wearing that, that dress. Wearing that dress, boom. And then they cut <laughs> right to my face. And I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, history. That was a good one. That was history. Yeah, I have to give me some props for that one. Um, so, in general, navigating Hollywood, how does one move up and maintain? And you've done that throughout the years, mm-hmm. getting the right scripts, right. killing it. You talk about your your brand is quality, right? So I do my best. So, 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 but I mean, a lot of people are struggling. I mean, I'm sure there are ten women. As talented as you, mm-hmm. as beautiful as you, who did not make it up the ladder the way you did. Wow. So what is it what is what are some of the keys to making it in Hollywood? The keys to make it in Hollywood, as I say, is going into those different chapters and paying attention. Um And also having, I say, uh, building your dream squad. And Mm. that's having a good team. Like for me, the book happened because of my publicist, B.J. Coleman, that said, hey, it's so time for you to do a book. And at first I was like, oh, B.J., come on. I'm not sharing that much. I don't want to. He goes, no, it's you can do whatever. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alameen a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi Secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from Tinderfoot TV Campside Media and iHeart Podcasts Radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Type you want a book you really want to do, but I think you should share your pearls. Then my business partner, Lita Richardson, who told me you're in show business, know about the business behind the show. Paying attention, as I say. Paying attention, watching what others are doing that are being successful, not being a hater, being a congratulator, making your haters your congratulators, people that told you that you couldn't do things. Um, Not being afraid of change. You know, and then finding out for me, I found out the versatility was the key to my longevity. Mm. Yeah. How do you come up with the backstory for your characters? You do a lot of research, right? Most of the time. I mean, I try to or I try to think of people that remind me of certain characters that I play, like when I play a mom. Um, Most of the time it's like based on my sister. So when I do that or like, let's say I play 
um, a strong woman. So I'll go look at women that play strong roles. Helen Mirren, um, you know, kind of watch their tricks, their nuances. Angela Bassett, how she um, does those subtle little things that are just so strong, you Mm. know. So... Uh, She's I, a rock. I, oh, she is. She's, She's amazing. so solid. Amazing. Black Panther, just you just like go on Queen. Oh, go on there, Queen. There's a lip curl that she does mm. that is everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and them cheekbones. She be serving cheeks. Are do you do you do classes? Um, I haven't in a long time. But you but when I, you're I up? do work with a private coach though. You when do. I, yeah, oh yeah. On just some, acting exercises really, in general. Really important to me. I definitely will go get at with an acting coach. Do you audition now or you pass that? Um every blue moon. I don't have to as much anymore. You but a lot of this book you talk about killing the audition right, and thus getting to. the job. Mm-hmm. Talk about what it means to crush the audition and do a great job. When you crush the audition, that means you go in there fully prepared. You leave absolutely no room for the director, the producers, to see anyone else for that role but you. And that means you embrace the nuances, the wardrobe, the hair. You go in there basically camera ready. I mean, is it hard? Because sometimes an audition involves sitting out in the hallway. Mm, I I don't do that. You don't do that. Well, did you? But when you were younger, when you were coming up, or no? no, I would kind of go get. I would sign in and go get to area by myself. Okay. So you get those people that start trying to distract you. Okay. And see, that's some people's tactics too. Start talking to you too dang on much and everything like that. You know, got to watch those little games. So I usually would sign in and then just tell the casting director, "Hey, I'm over there. I go get in my own space. I go over my moments, my lines. Like I'm going in there crushing it. You ain't going there to make friends. You're going there to get a job. Yeah. 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 yeah, and there's a great moment with Will Smith earlier in your career <laughs> when you have a day off on Independence Day, right? And yes. I really read the book, yes. and you're drinking, and he's like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Drinking and hanging out by the jacuzzi. It was my day off, though, y'all. But, FYI, true, true. Right, but don't try to have that kind of day off around Will Smith. Well, he introduces you to a higher level of working hard, and you're already a hustler. But yeah. he's like, "There's another level." Mm-hmm. So what? What was he opening the door? To? What was he showing you there in terms of the level of hustle, commitment? So does that mean like you're supposed to be like working out every day when you're doing a movie? Well, if you're the star of it, and if you got to take off your clothes, you might want to be in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Because they will talk about it. <laughs> there's a fantastic list at the end of this book. There's a bunch of great lists at the end Thank of this book. But and, a, and, and recipes. And recipes. Yeah. And recipes. Yeah. It stood out to, to me uh-huh. as a guy, your top 10 performances of all time. And yes. I imagine these are performances that influence you as an actor. Yes. And I would like you to. That made me leave the theater and go, wow, that was great. Yeah. And I want you to talk about a few of them and just point out what you see as an actor that makes these performances so great. Number one on your list, the queen, Pam Greer, Mm -hmm. in Jackie Brown. It's a fantastic performance. It's a fantastic. What is so great to you about that performance? I was inspired by that because it let me know that I would love to work with Tarantino again in that capacity. Do you know what I mean? Here he took this beautiful, older, Black woman made her vulnerable, strong, funny. Most of the things that they won't ever, Hollywood would never give for a woman in her 50s. So it was very inspirational to me. Mm, yeah, mm. I'd like that next for me. I mean, she shows power mm-hmm. and vulnerability mm-hmm. and a, just a lot of sort of just 
just savoir faire. Yes. And, and it was kind of like a little bit of a throwback of like the 70s, just a little bit. Did it? Yeah. Did you feel a little Foxy oh, Brown? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, oh, 100%. Good, good. 100%. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest is number two. I mean, this is just female power, right? Yes. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you love about that performance? Faye Dunaway. Well, I think it took her a long time to escape. I, I still think that it, like, that's called getting stuck in a character. What's the, what's the key line in that movie? Uh, no more wire hangers. Yes, yes. <laughs> if somebody says something about some wire, wire hangers, you think of Mommy Dearest. No more wire hangers ever. Ever. <laughs> oh my god and just now did you watch her nuances that she did in the movie tell me like the way she was one time she was doing her stockings and she was doing and they were it was like very just like she's just like such a 50s like movie star you mm. know and the way she drank her drink you know or the way she talked to her child and you knew when the child was in trouble and it was just like she wow did she Killed that role, like yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. like how good does it get? Yeah, yeah, you know. And then number three is mm. Denzel in Training Day, Ooh. which is again raw power, right? Mm. What did, What did you love about Denzel in Training Day? Besides everything, everything besides right, everything, everything. Uh, that scene where he says, I, "I'm, um, I've been playing this all week." Yes, yes. Oh no, so I'm King Kong. Is it King Kong? Oh no, my that god, scene, King Kong that, ain't got yes, nothing no, on me. me. That scene was. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Directed by Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. Yeah. Who those two have found. See, if you find a good director, like those two make magic together. They get each other. You know, that's what I'm looking for in the future. That director for me that like gets it. That's like, we're going to find some boss, gritty, fun stuff for you to do that you can completely shine as a grown woman. And number four, another queen, another grown woman shining, Meryl Streep, Devil Wears Prada. What is so great about that role? Wow, Devil Wears Prada was so absolutely fabulous. Remember the scene where she talked about the belt? Yeah, it was a, it was yes. a little belt. The that cerulean yes. belt. Yes. yes, you think you yes. chose yes. it? No, you, you didn't. Did. We you chose, chose it. That. Right? Yes, and how you can think that she was like, it's just a belt. Boy, did she nail that scene. Yeah. You were like, whoo, that one there. And yet another one, the nuances, the way she got out of the car, the way she took off the sunglasses and did the hair toss was just everything. She was immaculate. When you the talk way she about, tossed the coat. When you talk about those nuances in a moment, is that something that you plan out or is that something they roll, they, you know, they call action and you were just in the moment and you just did it? Or are you thinking like, okay, I'm well, going to toss planning. my hair and then pull off the glasses and then turn and... Well, sometimes you have – that's a choreographed thing that you want to make sure they capture the moment. And that's called with rehearsal and discovering. Like, you know, the director may be like, you know, hey, right here I want to get a great shot of the sunglasses coming off or the the heels and the way they sound going across the the the, the floor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to jump to the last – well, the ninth – one on this list because Richard Roundtree is a friend of yours. He played my dad a he whole lot. He played your dad. I know, like and, in my first like four, three or four roles. And you, <laughs> and you have him as number nine as Shaft. Mm, he's a bad uh, mother. The second question will be why was he not number one? But the first question is why, what is so great about that role to you? Again, Shaft. besides everything. Yes. Um, well, it was the first time we got to see a handsome, yes. chocolate African-American man be all that and a bag of chips that you just wanted to just like, wow. I mean, you're constantly giving love to power, right, to strength. I mean, there's a lot similar between Meryl in Devil Wears Prada and Denzel in Training Day and Richard Roundtree. Great Shaft actors. And, I like great actors. And, and, and exuding 
Strength. Strength and power. Yeah, those are the kind of roles I want to make sure I have and continue to have. I love it. But then you also call out Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine falling apart in terms of endearment. But there was power in that because it was the power of love and losing someone that you love. Like I found Shirley MacLaine when she went off in that hospital. Mm. What? Mm, Get get her her medicine. Get the medicine now. (laughs) Okay. And then she went like, went, then when she got it, she goes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear just a few lessons that you may have learned from some of the amazing people who you've worked alongside. Okay. Tom Cruise, what you learned from Humble. Tom Cruise as an actor? Yeah, when he introduced himself to me, when I had, I was the a lady of the night, I had three lines, and he walked up, he looked a mess, and he walked up and introduced himself to me, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever, Tom Cruise came over and said hello. So he taught me that no matter if I'm the leading woman in a role to make sure you speak to people, say hello. Now I heard Tom Cruise says, please don't look at me in the eyes. Oh, when I never do- heard. No. 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 Those eyes are amazing. It was <laughs> the main reason I knew who he was when he walked away. Okay. So I <laughs> think that's a lie. What'd you learn from Uma Thurman? Jeez. So much. Yeah. How to be manipulative, attack intelligently, grace under fire. Because, you know, we had no idea promoting the film that she did the car crash. We mm. just found out about that. Mm. So we didn't, didn't to know that she went through that and still showed up with the attitude of gratitude, did the work, promoted the movie, one and two. Um, so, yeah, Grace. Grace under fire. Queen Latifah. Oh. Swag. Swag. And a work ethic like no other. She has a way of summoning up honesty, like a pain that's, I mean, I remember her crying and set it off and Mm. I'm like, oh, you're going to have me crying up in here. Cleo, I know when she did that scene, she should have got an Oscar for that. We all (laughs) should have got some nominations from that movie. Um, What'd you learn from Quentin about acting? Uh, What I learned about Quentin is no BS. Like, don't try to think that you can just sail through a scene. If you do, he will call you out on it. He's like, nope, that was not it. Come on. I need more. Like, you know, I, th- I would think, no, being precise with your acting, like com- committing to your choices. Mm, mm. Lee Daniels, what did he teach you about acting? That one there, he's so funny. He's like, look here, don't be showing up. I, I told you I don't want you to be cookie. This is Lee Daniels. Don't be cookie, okay? I, you, got, you got to learn that. You got to learn that. All right. And and with learning that, it was like, because when you do a scene with Taraji, she's got cookie down in so many nuances that it was hard for me because I'm a lot like that personally. Like, you know, I kind of got my little rock star, I'm a little edge to it, that I had to learn to attack her intelligently in a different way as an actress. And sometimes that was with a smile. You have to hit her back with that. Sometimes it's a smile or not being so affected by what she says to you. Mm. There's power in that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, two more and things. also one real quick. Yes. Lee Daniels also told me that he wanted me to, to embrace me becoming like a black, the, the, this generation's Diane Carroll. Mm. And um, I got it. Like, it took me a minute to get it. Like, don't be afraid to be the grown-up, grown woman. I want you to have Diane Carroll and Michelle Obama nuances. Mm, That's a lot. That's a lot. Two more things. Okay. You said that being on The Celebrity Apprentice was the most racially charged set you had ever been on. How so? Five weeks of my life I'll never get back. 
<laughs> That's all, the main thing. I want to start there. Just like little bitty things. Like I remember one time Ivanka, she was wanting to compliment us, but and it was like the sisters. It was like me, Kenya at the time, uh, Keisha Knight Polium when we did our presentation. And she said, you speak well. Yeah, see? We had that same reaction too, but we were on TV. So we had to be like, wait till we get in the hallway and be like, did she just say we can't talk? <laughs> So little things like that would would come out. And I don't think, like I said, that they, it was just, she she, she was impressed, but she didn't know that she was insulting us. She didn't know. But you said, I felt like the help. And Keisha Nipoleum said the same thing Mm -hmm. and others said the same thing. But we were were there working and doing assignments. So basically we were. But, you know, it was just like little stuff. You said, I had no idea he was, you said, I had no idea Donald Trump was a monster. Yeah. In what way did he show up as a monster? As now becoming president of the United States, as feel that he's no. Yeah, did you see it on the set? I get no, absolutely no. not. I mean, no. He the reason I did Celebrity Apprentice was because of Donald Trump. I respect for him as a businessman. What he's done, he's built his empire as president of the United States. I'm completely dissatisfied. I, I think he's completely unqualified. True. Um, he has called. Uh, he's brought about um, division, true racism, yes, in the ugliest form that we've seen in a long time. Yes. He's done everything he can to erase the eight years of unbelievable progress that the country made under Barack Obama, yeah. and that pisses me off. Did you see or hear or hear of any racist or sexist no. comments while you were no. there? Because we thought Mark Burnett had put some tapes in the closet, and no, I had no idea. Whatsoever, I watching him as commander in chief. It just every day you wake up and like, what embarrassing thing are you going to do today? Perhaps one of the most heart wrenching moments in the book Mm -hmm. comes toward the end when you talk about uh, regretting not having had children. Yes. Can you talk about that for a minute? Uh, Yeah. I mean, of course, I wanted to have children, but that moment has passed me. I can't have children. Um, and I'm okay with that because I have five beautiful godchildren. Um, so just because I didn't bear children. You still have children. I still have children. Trust me, I pay a lot for them. <laughs> they're, they're expensive too. So in a way they are like my children. Um, but the only thing that I regret is that I don't get to see my eyes in a child. But I, when I'm telling you, when my godchildren see me and they're like, Gigi, Chima, I get that same warmth and that same love, and I get to send them back home to their mama. So that works for me. So you know, so I kind of get the best of both worlds. Indeed. indeed. Yeah, Thank but you. just so you know, I, I, I'm a happy god mommy, and, and it's a very blessed. Um, and busy time for me. And I just want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart for supporting my book, supporting my journey. Pick up every day I'm hustling. Um, it's available everywhere and also on audible.com. It's my story. Me straight at you, straight up with no chaser. Indeed, that's true. As I said, I read Every Day I'm Hustling in a Day. It's a fun, breezy book with lots about how she made it. If you like her, you'll like the book. Her voice really comes through on the page. Thanks to Vivica for her time, and thanks to you for listening. I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Please stop by and say hi, and if you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help, and talk about the show on your socials. Let people know it was really good. 
Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert and Matt Ford and Chris Basil, with help from Shelby Royston, William Jolly, Candid Nicole, and Cadence 13 Studios, as well as photographs from Chuck Marcus. We're here to give you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. And I hope this show can help you with that. We'll be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from amazing folks because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.